I'm exhausted. I don't know what life right. is I don't, anymore. I don't care. <laughs> like, I can't do this. So, I, yeah, whatever. Right. We look crazy, but we're doing our thing. <laughs> when, I, when it's time to do and present and look nice for something, then I, I get my husband's I mean, like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That happens to like, me all the pretty. time like, when people, uh, people are yeah. like, oh, my God, you're actually <laughs> gorgeous. And I'm like, oh, thank you very much. You're listening to Moms No Expert Podcast. On this podcast, we'll be going on a journey together and learn how to be the best moms we can be. I'm your host, Irmari. Well, welcome to Moms No Expert Podcast. It's been it's been a long time coming because I met you what like a year ago. Yeah, it's been a year now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm sorry. Don't be it's so sorry. Cr- you asked me like five million years ago, and. It, I was like, yes, and then I forgot because like I tra- like I changed jobs. So like in the midst of the transition, and I think I remembered. And then I forget. I was like, oh my God, I was supposed to do this. <laughs> it's like I was supposed to do the podcast. And then you and forgot. I, forget, yeah. I forgot to like, if I don't do something immediately, yeah. right, it does not. I forget. And then you're like, okay, we're going to do this. Thing. And I was like, okay. And then it came and I was like, oh, shoot, that was today. <laughs> like, if I don't write stuff down, I'm just old. If I don't write stuff down or do something immediately, it doesn't happen. So thank you for being so gracious to accommodate my ridiculous schedule. Do not issues. be sorry. Listen, if you know, Lavi, <laughs> which I told you, I moved. I've done so many things. I understand schedule craziness, so I don't mind. And when you have kids and you have a career, it's a lot. Like, you have to adapt, mm-hmm. so I do not mind. But for those who don't know you, you. <laughs> what's your name and what's your title? You have many. So my name is Janelle. And so on all social media, I'm ner- known as the Nurse Note. And so I am a registered nurse slash public health professional is how I categorize myself. Okay. I know. I was like, she has so many titles. I don't even know I know. I'm, I just, I do too much. Huh? <laughs> I do way too much. <laughs> so how many years have you been in the field? So, okay. So uh, before we started the podcast recording, I told you nursing is actually my second career. And so I've been a nurse, I think for about nine years, I started out in public health and I worked as a public health um, educator for about eight years. I was living in Ohio at the time. And so I worked for the state health department there. And I was doing a lot of health education around like chronic diseases, blood pressure, um, what else I did, maternal mortality. And so, you know, when you work for a state entity or any type of like government entity, you can get bored or maybe it was just me. I'm like, I'm bored. I should get another degree. <laughs> you know, like those memes, like black girls are boring. Let's get another degree. So that was me. And so... <laughs> I decided to do nursing and why that was is because I, I what I enjoyed about public health was like helping people, especially on the one one to one. And so I knew how to do the health education piece. I wanted more of the clinical piece. And so when I went to nursing school, my aim was to become a public health nurse and to do um, health education around like population based stuff. So like around chronic diseases, um, maternal mortality, sexual health, those kind of things. So I've been a nurse for about nine years, a practicing nurse, licensed nurse, didn't get caught up in the whole nursing, what is it, the Florida nursing school uh, scam. I'm a real nurse. (laughs) Uh, And I've been a public health professional for, gosh, it was probably about like eight, nine years I did that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've had like, so you have a lot of the journey. 
and I'm old. Yeah. So. <laughs> you are not old, girl, please. Every That's couple so of years, funny. I keep rein- re- reinventing myself. My husband's like, uh, it's about that time. You're going to go do something else, get another degree. And I'm like, no, I think I'm tapped out. I'm, I'm done. I'm no more. <laughs> like, no, I think I'm good. I'm good now. I'm well, good, yeah, I was right. telling you, I, I'm going back to school because I'm like, you know, I have my I have my degree in accounting and I've done, you know, normally office work, customer service, mm. blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I want to do psychology. I want to be in the mental. I'm, I love mental mm. health. I the podcast i'm always talking about it so i'm like why not let me get that's a little a, bit of a degree in yeah, and help other people great. and yeah that's yeah. a big a growing field it needs much yeah. more people of color women of color yes. as clinicians so kudos to mm-hmm. you thank you it's it's hard like it's hard to go to school because mm-hmm. of your own traumas you know like to go to school for scholarship with your own traumas but that's one thing i like going to school because like my teachers mm-hmm. and stuff whenever we're talking about something they're like okay tell us about how this affected your trauma and I'm like oh so I'm working on myself while I'm going to school <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> right and I think I think it also helps you like eventually if you do decide to go and to become a clinician it'll help you um, empathize with your patients a little because you you know what they're going through right so that makes the exactly, best yeah. type of teacher or clinician or educator is a, a person who truly understands what like this person is going through because they've kind of had that lived experience. So I think you will do great wonders in the field. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we always have a quote every episode. Um, So this quote, uh, because you are a nurse and you are, you know, always educating about women's bodies. (laughs) I found this quote um, and it's anonymous. I didn't see like the person that wrote it, but it says, I am obsessed with becoming a woman comfortable in her own skin. And I feel that because Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I did not like my body. Never. And I was a skinny thing. And I remember people like, oh, my God, you're big. And I thought I was this huge Mm -hmm. woman, like I was a whale. Then I have my daughter. I obviously became bigger, but I'm more comfortable now in my body that I'm heavier than when I was when I was a teenager. So it's weird how women, first of all, go through all that, because I know a lot of women have that in my in, in my family that are not comfortable in their body till this day. So I like this quote. What do you think? It's a great quote. And it's very true. Like, I kind of had the same experience that I was just with my sister the other week. And we were looking back at like old pictures. I was like, oh my God, what was I talking about? Look how thin I am. Like, <laughs> And so, and, and even at that juncture, like, this is when I was like 20 years old and I was like really fit and in good shape. And I was like, and I really thought I was fat. I thought I was like <laughs> bigger than I was. So you're not the only one. I think it's very uh, prevalent, unfortunately, among women, just because of, you know, media and just what they present in terms of the ideal woman or ideal body type. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very prominent. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. So I I don't know if you heard, but like the whole thing with Kiki Palmer and her her mm. daughter's father or her son's father, and it made me think like when I had my daughter, I felt ugly. Like I felt the worst. Like I was like I'm big or this and whatever. And I started going to therapy, but I also ha- surrounded my myself with friends who were very caring and they're like you look gorgeous mm-hmm. do this you know d- dress up I dated this guy that till this day he is one of my good friends and he was like you're amazing like your body's great like stop and 
when I see, when I saw that, I was like, you're supposed to push her to feel beautiful. Like, right. she just had a whole baby. <laughs> and she does look, I was she like, she a whole looks human great. come on her. <laughs> Oh, right? I was like, I was just like, oh, Jesus, Kiki, you look fabulous. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I think. And but that's the thing, you know, we feel so bad about ourselves. And who knows? Obviously, we won't know because we don't know her. But who knows that she's beats herself mm. every day and that's like a mask because a lot of us do that we put a mask yeah. on and be like oh I feel pretty but we don't really do that and we right. second, second guess so if your partner is there like oh why are Tear you doing you that no support right. her yeah support her yes and I'm just I'm one of, of, of who personally believes like people should wear what they want to wear and feel comfortable mm. if you know it may not be for me I would probably mm -hmm. never wear something like that because that's just not <laughs> me and my personality. I think she looks great. I think she's yeah. confident enough to wear it. I have I have family and friends who would wear that. And, you know, yeah. I would just be like, you look, you look good. <laughs> you look yeah, good. right. You're really, when you, you know, when, support her. You yeah. look right. Support her. So um, I don't think it's up to him to decide what she should or should not wear. But that's just my own personal beliefs and biases. No, I yeah, I agree. And also, you know, I always think about the mental health part of it. You know, mm. she, you doing all that, you're creating stigmas within herself. Like, oh my God, right. I shouldn't do that because I'm a mom or or whatever it is, you know. And, and that, that happens to all of us, right? Like when you yeah. have a baby, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this because I'm a mom. I shouldn't be doing this because right. I'm a mom. You No, just let her be free. She's still a human. <laughs> She's still yes. entitled to, their, to her things and to do whatever she wants. <laughs> so yeah no yeah it's 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 hard because I mean this is the the time that he should theoretically be supporting her instead of being like critical and nitpicking stuff because we don't know what her although she presents as somebody who's fine we don't know what her mental state is at right now so um mm -hmm. you want to do you want to be that partner who's just supportive particularly in this juncture of her life like this season of her life because it's I have one child and it was very, it was just different. Like you're just, everything is different, right? And so you, you're learning and your body's different. Your routines are different. Everything is different. So you want somebody there who's going to support you and help you and pretend, potentially guide you during this season. So Exactly. And support you like your husband did when you decide to change careers. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like whatever's gonna like, make you happy. It's like whatever you want, boo. <laughs> whatever you want, whatever's gonna make you happy. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Girl, do your thing. Do your thing. So right. you say you were in your past career for nine years before you started nursing, right? Yeah. So it's been about half and half. So yeah. So about nine year, eight nine years when I was working for the state or in public health in general, and then transitioned into nursing. Um, and so I was very fortunate. Um, in that when I, you know, finished the, I still worked full time while going to school for nursing, right? So I did all that. And then I was able to, you know, wrote my boards and was able to find a job really relatively quickly in nursing. And so it was kind of aligned with what I did in public health. I was, uh, my first job in nursing was actually as a, I did outreach. I did STI HIV and STI outreach. So we went to the community and did HIV testing and STI testing out in the field. It was, I loved it. It was great. I mean, that's the part of nursing I like is the, is the people interaction. So I, I loved it and thoroughly enjoyed it and was fortunate to be paired with another nurse who has been, who had been a nurse forever. And so she 
taught me the ropes and stuff. And so we had a great time and a, and a great team. That's actually pretty cool. Like, so your your first introduction was just helping others with like their. That's so cool. Like, I've never heard. I mean, like, I know people that are nurses and stuff, but they're like, oh, I just want to go and and do like the easy things, you know. And I'm like, no, that's pretty. Like, you just went in. You're like, I'm just going all in, just doing it. Right. I'm going to go all in. And then like, so with the nursing community, there's always this thing like when you graduate, you're supposed to work in the hospital inpatient. They want you to do that first. So, you know, you have a well, you're well versed in a lot of nursing skills. But when I went into nursing nursing school I knew that I did not want to work in the inside of a hospital like <laughs> yeah. on the floors that was never my goal my goal was to be a public health nurse yeah that's good so has being a nurse helped you within your own personal life yes I would it's so funny I think <laughs> that um just because of the different populations I've been fortunate to work with I've become more empathetic um, towards people. And I was, you know, I always take the time to like stop and be like, okay, I don't know what this person is going through. So let me just pay, take a pause and really kind of dig deep and figure out, give them grace essentially. So I, you know, I can figure out what's going on. I think that, <laughs> you know, when you become a nurse, like everybody thinks, you know, the answer to everything. So now I'm like <laughs> the, the family nurse and my, my husband's coming up to me. is like, what is this? I was like, dude, that is not my special. I don't know. And so like, <laughs> like Alexis will call me you. like, here are my symptoms. What should I do? And I'm like, well, okay, let's do this. So um, yeah. And, and just like personally, like I've always been somebody that's, you know, geared, somebody that liked health and health related stuff. And then, you know, ate as best I could and exercise and stuff. So I think I nursing has just helped me continue to do that because I've seen the other end. I've seen people who are like end stage um, kidney disease or people that uh, have had heart attacks or strokes. So it just reminds me to, you know, do what I can do to keep myself healthy. Yeah, that's good. Because I mean, a lot of us, and I say us in the sense like, women and black and brown people we don't go mm -hmm. to doctors we're like doctors no <laughs> unless you're dying and then you go so it's good that you going into that career helped you take care of yourself because uh, yeah. you have to learn how to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i mean that part is the 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 physical part has always been easy for me it's always you know there's the there's always the, the addition of like the mom guilt like I know I could be spending time doing something with my child, but I've mm -hmm. I've learned to recognize that it's important to take care of yourself because I'm I'm like just cranky and miserable if I don't, and then I just <laughs> unfortunately take it out on my child or my husband. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let me do what I need to do for me first, and so I can better feed them what they need. Exactly. Yeah. So I had to learn the the hard way because the same. I always got mom guilt for choosing to do something with my life, and then. I'm like, wait, if I'm not happy, because then I, you know, I would be like, no, I'm going to dedicate my whole life to my daughter. And then I'm like, right, I'm not happy. And now I'm cranky <laughs> and now I'm yelling at her for a shirt. Like, OK, yes, <laughs> fall exactly. Back. <laughs> exactly. Let me take time out because she's apparently having a great life. She I mean, she will take time for herself. So maybe I should learn exactly. from her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's true. And is there anything, so I know you love your career, but is there anything that you would do different at this point or how to get it and how you got into the career? So the, I, I think I'm always one, like your journey is supposed to be your journey. Um, 
hindsight, the only thing that would have probably been different. So the way my path to nursing, so there's different levels. You can become, you can go to school and get your associate's degree in nursing and then get a bachelor's degree in nursing, a master's degree in nursing. And so when I did, went through my journey, I did associates first and then the, then finished and then went back and got a bachelor's degree. Um, there weren't like those, now there's like a whole bunch of, um, schools that offer like advanced, like you can fast track, do nursing in two years to get your bachelor's and that kind of stuff. I may have, that's probably the only thing I would have done differently. I actually, I, I don't have any complaints about my nursing, nursing journey. I've been very, very fortunate to work with like great people. Um, I've worked with great nurses. I've worked with great medical assistants. I've worked with great, um, doctors i've been very fortunate like starting one of the first few jobs i had was working with like three great black female doctors who were like we were a team and they were very encouraging and they wanted me to learn so yeah i have no no regrets about my my um nursing journey or just my career journey in general that's so good that's amazing you see i that's what i want i want to be like when i finish my career my studies and i'm in my career i'm like i have great amazing people (laughs) working with me (laughs) but it's because it's your journey and it's what you're supposed to do i feel like when you're not and i I heard this somewhere like we're like whenever you're somewhere you don't belong everything around you it's wrong like the people yes. around you they don't support you or they don't they don't feed into your energy because you're not supposed to be there so i i yes. feel that you're supposed to be a nurse so that's why <laughs> yeah, i'm supposed to be in now don't get it twisted i've worked in some <laughs> clinics or with some people i'm like this kid like i'm what where am i like it felt like an alternate universe <laughs> like what is happening this is not supposed to be that difficult but in yeah. general, I feel like even in the bad times or in in clinics or organizations that I didn't really mesh well with, I, I learned from it. Like everything, I feel like everything built on to like each other to get me to the next step is kind of how I felt like. Kind of, and yeah. so I feel like I had to go through that to be able to be where I am now. That's good. So I know that you know, you love to help women, especially with their body, (laughs) especially their (laughs) vagina. So we're going to talk about it (laughs) because I feel like as women, and I don't know about you, but I was scared of her. I didn't know who she was and I didn't know what she looked like for a long time. And because when I was growing up, you know, my parents, my grandparents, all my, it was like, don't touch her. Don't, you know what I mean? So I was very, very scared. Um, so what, tell me, first of all, everybody should know what a vagina is, but tell me (laughs) medically what it is. (laughs) Everybody should know what this is. (laughs) Everybody should theoretically, you'd make that assumption, but my husband's always like, Janelle, you can't make that assumption just because you know, it doesn't mean everybody else knows it. So your vagina is the actual canal. So that's the inside part. Um, of uh, female bodies. And so Mm -hmm. that is the canal that connects your uterus, which sits at the end. Um, That's where you would hold a baby um, to the outside world. And so when when people make reference to vagina, they usually just think like everything is the vagina, like the outside and the inside, but the vagina is actually the internal structure um, that leads outside of the body of the body perfect and then how does one take care of their vagina (laughs) so the vagina itself it's it's actually very 
simple theoretically. Um, it's a, it's self cleaning, so there you shouldn't have to do much to take care of your vagina because it's going to clean itself. Now, I, I say that um, sometimes like the outside, which is like your vulva part, so that's like the mm-hmm. e- external structures. You can do stuff to uh, take care of that because you know if you're like funky, it's sweaty, it's hot. I know it's been hot in here in Georgia forever, so you know sometimes. <laughs> your stuff may not smell the way you want it to or the way that you're used to it smelling. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm always, I always preach like, keep it very simple. So uh, if you're going to use some sort of like cleanser, make sure that it's like close to the pH. So anywhere between, I want to say like 3.4 to 4.4, some sort of cleanser. Theoretically, you're not supposed to use like a washcloth or anything like that. I don't judge. If you've been doing using the same product with a washcloth, you don't have any issues, you've been doing it forever, continue to do that. Um, You're not supposed to overclean it. So theoretically, once a day, I know in time, like in the summertime, it's especially you're in Florida, I'm here in Georgia, it can get, it's like hot. So if you're like Mm -hmm. outside or doing a lot, you can do it twice a day. Um, you're not supposed to douche. So like the douche is what would go inside the vagina. They, inside, that's what yeah. they talk inside. Yeah. Don't do that because that can cause more problems for you. So that can like throw off the pH inside your vagina. And then you have a whole other host of issues that you have to take care of. Um, it's summertime now. So people are like swimming or like wearing leggings. Everybody's trying to work out summer fit body. Um, you don't want to live in those damp clothes just because that can cause like yeast infection um, because that area, it, yeast grows in like dark, damp areas so that down there is the perfect area for it to grow in. So you want to like change out of like wet, damp clothes as soon as you can. Um, uh, you also want to wear underwear that's breathable. So it's always recommended that you kind of wear cotton underwear. Um, so that it can breathe or any like natural fibered underwear so that your vagina or your vulva can breathe can breathe so smell i it smells as good but not funky <laughs> so right. remember this guys right it's mostly so everybody the it has a scent so it's supposed to like they they say it's supposed to have like an earthy scent um it's not supposed to smell like daffodils or mountain (laughs) fresh so like i really advise again i advise people not to use those type of products however if you have been using some sort of scented product forever and you don't have any issues and your and your vulva and vagina smell like it's supposed to and there's no infection no smell you can continue to use it however Mm -hmm. the recommendation is usually not to use like those really harsh scented stuff just because again it's going to throw off the ph in your vagina it's going to throw off the ph on your vulva and that can lead to other issues like actually vaginosis or yeast infections mm-hmm. or something crazy and some yeah and for those of you because i know a lot of people think oh you have to shave or wax or whatever down there it's not necessary right i mean I think it's free. I mean, you you have hair on your head. You know what I mean? Wash it. Right, right. That <laughs> and it. you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. Like there is no like clinical or medical reasons to get rid of your um, hair down there. However, you know, some people like don't like the aesthetics. People, it's too hot. It starts to smell bad when you know mm-hmm. I sweat or whatever. So if you're going to do some sort of scaping down there, the the recommendation is to like trim the hair first with like scissors 
Um, if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to use a razor, they say to use, dedicate only one razor to your vulva area. So don't, mm -hmm. you don't want to use it on your legs and then use it on your, your vulva. Um, mm -hmm. You want to shave in, uh, with the grain uh, instead of against the grain. What else? They don't, the, the depilatories, like all the creams and stuff, like Nair and stuff, that you're not supposed to use it down there because it can like burn your skin, right? So mm -hmm. and that's another whole heap, heap of issues. Um, and then waxing is just make sure if you're doing it at home, make sure you're not like burning yourself with the wax. So, oh my God, but there yes. is no so, medical or clinical yeah. reason that you need to get rid of the hair. Exactly, exactly. And take care of yourself. Like I, I know a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but I know some women have like ingrowns and stuff like that. Uh, scrubs. I mean, I use a scrub uh, and, you know, that's fine. You shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't have to shave because anybody tells you to, first of all. <laughs> right. But exactly. you should take care of yourself. Right. And whatever you deem as your own self-care. So medically or clinically, there's no reason to get rid of it. But if that's a part of your self-care practice and you like doing it and go ahead and do it just make sure you're doing it the right way exactly and with all that we talked about smell but we haven't talked about period oh my god let me tell you my story <laughs> with my period so I was never told I was never taught that I was going to get a period really? and then I was 12 or 13 I think something like that and I was crazy uh -huh. about this boy at camp and I was like oh my god I'm gonna be pretty <laughs> so I pushed short we were going to <laughs> we we're going to camp we were going to a water park and I wore my bikini and then I wore white pants oh my and goodness. we all sat down we all sat down to eat or whatever or lunch I don't remember what it was and I got up and it was red all over oh, and I was crying mind oh, you I had taken gosh. health class at school so I knew it was coming yeah. Yeah. not from my mom but from school yeah. but I didn't know that it was coming like I knew it would happen <laughs> eventually but I know that was the day and I was so embarrassed um and yeah and it, and I would but I was never taught which I've and I think I've over educated my daughter because of that, because I was never taught yeah. what to use, how to use. It. I was scared of a tampon. First mm -hmm. of all, I didn't know that there was two, two holes to put the tampon. Right, Listen, right, it was right. I was so uneducated so I've overly like my cousin's like Amari, she's only 10. I was like, listen, she's I'm trauma. I'm, I'm right. like, I'm traumatized. So she needs to know all these things. <laughs> so tell yeah. me, what is the purpose of a period? So. The purpose of the period is part of the menstrual cycle. So the purpose of your menstrual cycle in short is to be able to reproduce. So to have a baby. So you're born as, you know, female gender, you're born with a, a finite number of eggs that are in your ovaries at birth. And whatever you have at birth is what you have. And so when you get to puberty stage, you know, that's all based on hormones and body changes, hormones, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, you're going to release an egg from the ovary. It's going to travel down the fallopian tube and end up in the uterus. And so what you want to happen is that you want to um, that egg to join with a sperm. So through sex, egg join with sperm, reproduce, have a baby, right? What happens mm -hmm. with a period is the egg still travel one, theoretically once a month. That's the way it's supposed to do about once a month. Travel down, ends up in your uterus. Um, at the same time, your the lining of your uterus is it's getting thicker, so more and more blood is going getting um, increasing in there. And so, 
if you don't have a sperm to join that egg, the um, lining sheds. And so what your period is, is the shedding of your uterine lining along with the egg. Essentially, that's that's what a period is. So it's, Mm -hmm. I guess, in short term, it's like, things didn't the the way it was supposed to work didn't work out you're supposed to get you're supposed to have a have a sperm to join the egg but that that didn't happen so but it didn't work so. right now you're bleeding and dying. now you're bleeding right you're like dying <laughs> have you seen the the movie carrie you you have seen carrie yes. right yeah that, i was like am i dying that was me it was it felt like a- <laughs> but your story is not not unlike like a lot of people I know my story is like very even though like I, I grew up in I'm from Canada so we had like sex ed classes my mom I think she did a one-time thing but I still felt like super unprepared I was like oh well, <laughs> okay <laughs> here we are yes and one thing about like when you have your period it's the hygiene after that because I was so then I so then I I knew right I get my period mm-hmm. I know I have my period I know how to work work things but then I didn't know after like you gotta still take care of yourself and even right. when you dispose of your whatever yeah. you use how, you know if it's a you, pad or of it. yeah. all of that and I was like and I remember at my stepmom so my dad's ex-wife at, well wife at that point I was at their house and I guess I didn't dispose of my mm, pad correctly product, and she right. called me. Yeah. And she called me upset and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's mm. like, wait, you don't know how to dispose. I was like, no, right. I just, right. And she's like, okay, when you come home, I'm going to teach you. And I was like, I'll teach you. Okay. How. But she was upset thinking that I was doing it, you know, out of spite. And I was like, no, I just, right, I don't purpose. know uh, what like, I'm I didn't doing. know there was, there was a way <laughs> nobody told me. I was like, I was like, I didn't think, I thought it was toilet paper. <laughs> saying <laughs> like, no, right. no it's like it's it's it is a learned skill even with my daughter she's like super curious and so because i always talk about this stuff like i got books around my husband's like what in the world is going on like i got books we're always talking there's stuff <laughs> there's models and so she's now at a point she's nine but she's like becoming curious about all this stuff and i think she's really embarrassed to talk to me but she will read a book about it so she'll read the books about it she will like Ask me questions so like I don't know where we were and I'm like what is-? she like got a a pad like we were somewhere and she I was like well, why do you have this <laughs> like, well I wanted and I had to think of it she was like well I wanted to see what it looked like and I had to think like oh. she's never seen one she's like well I wanted mm-hmm. to she's like well how does it work and so like I was like oh yeah I guess you wouldn't know so I like I had to teach her like hey this is what you would do with it and this is how yeah. you would dispose of it and all that stuff so. I'm trying to, as somebody who kind of went through the same similar situation as you, I'm trying to like make sure that she knows that like I'm open to having these conversations. We should have mm-hmm. these conversations. Like, do you have any questions? Mm-hmm. And so I think she's still kind of young. Like, well, no, mom, I don't want to tell you about it. But you're gonna read a whole book, <laughs> but you don't want to talk to your mom. But that's fine. Eventually, yeah. we'll have the conversations, right? Exactly. I have. Yeah, I bought my daughter a book about your body changing in general because yeah. you know she started having developing her body, and she was like, mom was happening and I was like okay let's let's buy a book because I don't right. I'm not an expert so I bought her a book um and she loves reading it she hates some parts because they talk about you know your body and the the ins and outs she's like oh that's weird <laughs> but it helped us because you know we it opened the communication for you know the period but it also helped mm-hmm. with the hygiene and be prepared which 
obviously now as a mom and as an adult i know to be prepared but when i was a kid i didn't know how to be prepared so now you're at school get your period and you're like uh anybody got Uh, anybody got a tampon anybody got you know what i mean like you're looking at awkward asking people or asking your teacher so no let's be prepared so i like that i like the books I, I also like the communication, but I don't yeah. know, like you're an expert. So I would, you know, but I'm like, I need a book because I don't know. No, <laughs> I really, I, even as an expert, I like love the books. Like we, I, I was given one and then she, we're, she, my daughter also likes to read. So we're at the library and like, she always like getting these books and then I have to pick them up. And so I look, get to the book. I'm like, oh, it's a book about periods. And I was like, okay, you know, she wants to know that's perfectly fine. We can yeah. get you the book. We'll, I'll answer your question. So yeah, I'm, I'm a true believer, even in, as an expert, like you still want your, cause sometimes they're not comfortable. Like she's really not comfortable talking to me right now, yeah. even though I don't know why, um, but she'll read the book. So I, I let her read the book. Yeah. So how long going back to like the mes- menstrual cycle, uh, how long normally is uh, like do you ovulate? Normally, you ovulate once once a month, and so mm-hmm. theoretically, this month is supposed to be like somewhere between twenty and thirty calendar days. And so, your ovulation phase uh, can last anywhere between twelve and forty eight hours. So, it's a really short window for you to be able to actually get pregnant. Okay, I didn't know that. I yeah. so. I, I mean, obviously I knew, but that I ovulated, but I didn't know it was like a short period where you very, actually get, yeah, yeah, damn, my baby daddy got short. lucky. No, I was kidding. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> damn. right. And so when, when I tell my husband this, he's like, that can't be right. I'm like, I'm telling you what it is. Why aren't you believing? He's like, that means everything would have to go absolutely perfect. I'm like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yeah. horrible. Cause then I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta like that's what, now i understand because a lot of people are like oh no i'm ovulated today and i'm like okay okay you're like no i got i'm like right now <laughs> and i'm like oh because when i'm like i was lucky that i just got pregnant i was like bang bang and i got pregnant so i think everybody's the same right no no you everything has to get the window is so short so yeah Stars, let's do a line, everything, ha- everything has to go perfect perfect or good enough for it to happen yeah and then how long normally does a period last or should last so a period theoretically well not theoretically a period should last anywhere between like they say as short as like three days as long as seven days if your period is long lasting longer than like nine ten days that's something that you should be concerned about and want to talk to your doctor about if it's shorter than like two three days that again should be something of concern that you want to talk to your clinician about mm-hmm. and that's and why do we get cramp well i used to before my daughter my cramps were mm-hmm. insane like my back i couldn't walk i was probably a oh. little dramatic but <laughs> it was horrible it hurt so much and now is pain is relative to me <laughs> right since like, i had my daughter I, 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 i've so been I'm through like, it yeah. it's fine yeah, I'm like, oh, this is a little stab. But why <laughs> why do we get cramps? So it's it you get cramps, it's based on like a hormone. So it's called uh proglas protagl oh my god, prostaglandin, oh my goodness, is the hormone. So what that does, it like it lets your uterus contract and release. So that's what you're feeling is the contraction of your 
um, uterus and the release of your uterus. And it's helpful during, you know, childbirth. So that's what's mm-hmm. going to help you push the baby out. But when you, you're not pregnant and, you know, you just have your period, that's kind of what what's happening. And so it's some people awesome. have higher levels. And so that's why they experience like more intense cramps. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, yeah, because my <laughs> contractions were insane. So <laughs> I like, I'm about to have this baby. Just take the baby out. Just just take right. it out, please. Right. I can't. I cannot. I was like, I don't want to do that. I, I was like, I went in like, yeah, I'm going to be natural. And I was like, oh, no, I am not. Give me all of the drugs in this hospital, please. This is ridiculous. Yes. I don't know what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> I was there and I was sitting and my baby daddy, I'm like crying because I'm in pain. And he looked at me and I was like, if you don't call a nurse right now, I will cut you in pieces right now. He's like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, get a nurse. I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, like, oh, you is... are in pain. I'm like, I've been telling you I'm hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's it can be bad. Even with like period cramps can be bad. So like if you have cramps that are like debilitating where you like can't get out of bed or Something like that is something it shouldn't be that way. So that's something, again, you should talk to your provider about like you should, you know, everybody has a different pain tolerance. But if you are like bedridden for days or even a day, that's something that is of concern. And you should be something else going on and you want to talk to your doctor. Yeah. And I I know a lot of people say that when they have um, when they take. uh, Oh, my God pills to not have have babies why did i forget the word um thank you birth control (laughs) whatever why does a lot of people say that that helps them with their cramps i've never experienced it but is that is that possible it is because of the like the hormones in the birth control it it all of this stuff is like hormone related so if you have more of a certain hormone in your body and you're taking it you know, um, if you're taking the birth control, that it like lessens the amount of the hormone that's causing the cramps, essentially. Oh, okay. Well, so that's, that's why it, like it's, it dulls the pain a little bit. So yeah, it's oh, all okay. Everything is everything is hormone based. So essentially, yeah, that's what's happening. You have more of this oh. or this hormone. It decreases another hormone, so it lessens your cramps. So you don't feel as much lacking. That's interesting. So I do have a question before we move into pregnancy. Why do they sell douches if we're not supposed to use them? Like, why well, is that something this, that is sold? The market is the market, right? So, well, oh, okay. I, I should I should back up. Like, I, <laughs> my my personal belief is that like before we knew what douches could do to the body, this was like a practice that was done because they thought that was the best way to cleanse the body. Now that the science has moved forward, we know they have looked and note that you know douching is bad because it just messes up your ph and it strips your vagina of all sorts of stuff so you shouldn't be douching however the market likes it's a free 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 market right so people are going to make money even though things don't worry it's like they sell like all sorts of vitamins that are probably don't contain the vitamin you're trying to take right Mm -hmm. so they continue to sell it and then people continue to buy it because you know they they it ha- it doesn't bother them or, or you know it hasn't messed up their pH but like the science behind looking at this stuff and looking at the vagina like it's 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 it can really strip your, your pH and it can lead to um, BV and it can lead to like chronic BV of course if you're doing it too much so that's why providers are going to tell you not to use it not to do it that makes sense and so n- going back into you know your body and 
everything happened, you know, all the start aligned, the sperm met the, the, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting words? The egg. (laughs) Thank you. And now it's a baby. Uh What happens to your body? Because I know when I, I knew I was pregnant from the get, but obviously because other things happened. I was like, you got me pregnant at this moment. I knew that. <laughs> but what happens to the body that a woman knows that they're pre- that they're pregnant? So, you know, one sperm joins eggs. Again, everything is like hormone based. So you have an increase of certain hormones when you're pregnant. So some of the, the changes that you may experience, you may, um, you know, breast tenderness, fuller breasts. You're going to get um, you eventually, you know, your uterus will start to expand um, you have your, your body because you're growing other human, you, you know, you get more, there's more blood in your body to circulate. So you, you know, you can have enough blood for your, your fetus, your body temperature increases, your respiratory rate increases. Um, you may get more down the line, more swelling in your body just because you're holding more fluid. So I know at the end of my pregnancy, my ankles were like really fat and swollen, <laughs> your the muscles changes like it has to adapt for giving birth so you know you have shift in muscles so your pelvic girdle expands a little bit like your hips get wider so that you know you can mm-hmm. carry the baby and give birth to the baby so every, what doesn't change <laughs> during pregnancy <laughs> exactly really so what does not because you your hair grows everything you, everything yeah like everything you can change the woman changes and then you have the a baby changes. and then your body changes again. <laughs> exactly. Like what doesn't change? I remember like the the one thing I do remember is like I had, I never got cavities and right after I had my daughter, that's what I got like my first or second cavity just because, you know, they're taking all of your vitamins and stuff. So I was like, of course I have the cavity. That's the one thing mm-hmm. I remember. Like everything else I can live with. That was like my teeth. Now you got to put a needle in my mouth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what? I was my glasses. I was, I had 20, 20 my whole life. And then I got pregnant and the doctor said, well, it could be because you're pregnant. And then I had my daughter and it never went back. I was like, you lied. <laughs> you lied. He's like, I didn't want to oh, be mean. I was like, oh. right. Yeah. Now I'm so blind every, because of you. <laughs> exactly. Every, everything changes like to a cellular level changes when you become pregnant. That's crazy. And is it normal? Can women have periods while they're pregnant? So they, no, they cannot have a period when they're pregnant because, you know, there's already one egg growing in the uterus. What they can experience is sometimes spotting. So that's like very light, faint bleeding. And particularly like it's common during early, the first trimester early, just because, you know, there's more blood and blood vessels and you know, everything is working down there. Um, you can experience spotting or bleeding later on in pregnancy, which could be problematic depending on like how much bleeding you're actually undergoing. But in terms of a actual period, no, you cannot have a, a period during pregnancy. Perfect. And then is it okay to have sex during period? Do it not your period, man. Uh <laughs> your pregnancy. <laughs> the answer to question one and two is yes. Yeah, um, (laughs) to both is yes. (laughs) Both is yes. However, like if you read it, like if you're deemed like a higher risk pregnancy, they may tell you not to have sex. But if generally, if you're healthy, 
baby's good, your body's good, nothing, you know, they, they, it's uneventful is what they say. Like you're having an uneventful pregnancy, which means like everything is fine. Then yes, mm-hmm. you can engage in sex. Like some of the positions that you liked before may not work because, you know, you're, of course, you have a belly that's expanding. So you just have to like mm-hmm. play around and figure out new positions or new things to do if you're uncomfortable. That makes sense. And so your baby obviously does not feel anything, but what that you can't sleep on your stomach. So why? Well, A, I don't know. It, it's uncomfortable, but I think it also has to do with like, like the positioning and, you know, yeah, there's like a placenta there and the, the cord. So mm-hmm. they say that it's just not as safe to sleep on your stomach. It's especially when you're getting further in your pregnancy, like, oh well, yeah, when you're, want- you're huge, you're like, no. <laughs> right. So later on in your pregnancy, I can't remember which week it is, but like early on in your pregnancy, if you're like two, three weeks, well, some people don't even know, but let's say they're like a month <laughs> pregnant. It's, it's perfectly fine to sleep on your stomach okay. later on. I feel like it's somewhere in the second trimester that they recommend that you not sleep on your stomach just because of, um, I think it's, blood flow something about the blood flow so that's the recommendation not yeah oh okay that makes sense isn't it does everybody get more morning sickness or it just it depends it just really depends i know that i never i never had morning sickness i got lucky bouts of nausea (laughs) like i would feel nauseous at at times but i never had like actual morning sickness so it kind of just depends on your body and what's going on with you how does Not it feel to be yeah. God's favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be because better to get, I, I say this. I'm like, the nausea was not fun. So I'm like, would it be better like, to yeah. throw up than to have yeah. nausea? <laughs> I feel you, yeah. I was, oh my, I couldn't eat for months. And my doctor's like, oh. you need to poop food in your mouth. I was like, I cannot eat. Anything I put, I throw it up. And he's like, if you don't, and he threatened me. He, yeah. I'd like, I think it was like my second trimester. He was like, if you don't eat, I'm going to send you to the hospital. And I looked yeah, at him and he's like, and they're going to put an IV on you. And I was like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll try yeah. to eat something. <laughs> yeah. But I was scared yeah, of eating because I was throwing up everything. So like usually with the recommendations, like they say, like if you have like severe morning sickness is to like take your time. Usually if it happens in the first thing in the morning, like take your time getting out of bed. So like you would change positions slowly and then to eat like, like something carbohydrates you like a crack like eat crackers because normally that doesn't upset your stomach and helps to yeah. settle it but that everybody is different so you could have been throwing different, up crackers yeah. for all i know <laughs> yeah yeah i jello was my favorite thing in the world mm. i was eating jello every day i'm like oh look at me <laughs> and the and then when i was finally like out of you know the morning six of the stage i was eating taco bell <laughs> Sorry, and everything under the sun. And my my mom is like, I think you need to slow down. I was like, it's food. I'm hungry. I haven't hungry. eaten for so long. <laughs> right. I want everything. <laughs> yep. Do you think, or do, is it is is it medically proven that having sex at the like at the end of your third trimester can induce your pregnancy? It can. It can because of oh really like, okay. It can help, yeah, because there's, like, when you do certain things, I know, like, there's nipple stimulation, it releases a hormone to help induce um, contraction. So, yeah, it it can help. Okay, okay, okay. For those of you who are pregnant and need the baby out right now. Right. 
<laughs> all the hormone like it's everything you know pregnancy is just based on hormones so like when you're doing that it releases hormones so like you have all these happy hormones and so mm-hmm. it can speed up you know the process um, the process that's good and the lastly um so i told we were talking about postpartum depression and like you know how some women have it and all that is it is it like a hormone that you have in your body that creates that postpartum depression what happens is so like during pregnancy you have like all of these horm like a whole bunch of hormones like everything increases and so when you have the baby everything drops right so you, all of these hormones that you've had keeping you healthy keeping your baby healthy keeping you happy um, are suddenly just all released so when that happens um, it can create, you know, symptoms of like feeling like really low or anxiety or crying spells. Now, it's not uncommon for women to have baby blues, which just means like you kind of feel sad or you may even have some same of the similar symptoms. With postpartum depression, the, the difference is like um, your symptoms last longer. So it, mm-hmm. it's a longer period of time. And then um, you have trouble with your every, like caring for your baby and caring for yourself. So that's when you know it's kind of transitioned to, into like actual postpartum depression. Okay, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. I didn't know it was a hormone like within yourself, I guess, that created this yeah. postpartum yeah. depression. The release of the hormones and you're just like, okay, now everything is happening in reverse. Great. <laughs> Before I let you go, what are the most common questions that guy asks you regarding women's health, periods, and pregnancy, et cetera? Oh, that's a good question. What do they ask? I got to think about this. What are some of them? It's like, so I guess. Besides, can you have they, sex during the so, period? <laughs> you can. You actually can. You know, you can have sex during your period. It's a little bit messy, so you may have to take precautions. Put um, if you're doing it, hopefully you're doing it with a partner that, you know, you both know your like STI status, both know your HIV status. You can have sex. Some people enjoy, like some people enjoy it. And some people are like, yeah, it's, it's a, I, no, no, it's a no for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a no for me. Um, but just in terms of his question, um, guys ask a lot about like, I guess maybe I'd say like smell their really like what should it smell like is should it do this and that so smell isn't one thing that they would ask a lot about periods women's health periods and pregnancy so i think it it's a disservice like i really just think from, from, i'm gonna get on my soapbox for a second i think that <laughs> they should do a better job of just having like sex educations in school i was very like i grew up in canada i was very fortunate i grew up at a time where we had sex ed from like fourth grade all the way through high school right so we we learned about these things so and i and i think that guys unfortunately they don't get they don't they think they know but they don't really understand the woman's body Mm -hmm. and so they don't really understand like how often like how often a period comes or just like even what you use for a period and like how it actually works like Mm -hmm. they're like oh that goes where oh you can do that Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, they ask about like, how does it, <laughs> how does it work? Okay. So like you put the tampon and then what happens? Like, well, then it expands. And then, well, how do you get it out? I'm like, well, there's a string. And then you just, you there's a string hanging out of your body. Yeah. There's a string. You just pull it out. That's so <laughs> that makes sense. So things like, right. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Um, women's health in general, what would they ask? So I think 
like STIs and not being cognizant or just not knowing, being naive, um, not knowing that like if you have an STI, you have to wait a certain period. Both you and your partner have to wait a certain period before you can engage in sex again or you're just going to reinfect yourself again. Mm -hmm. I worked at a teen clinic, so we had a lot of young teens. They would come back positive for gonorrhea, chlamydia, trick, whatever. And so I'd be like, okay, you have to take your medicine. Your partner has to take your med- his medicine. Take it at the same time so that like, by the time you're both done, you guys should be good to resume your activities. Mm-hmm. And so they, I don't know if they didn't listen, they didn't get it. So <laughs> they're like, oh, they would kind of res- Right. Resume before giving the medication a chance to work. And so they would just come back and they would like reinfect themselves. Like you didn't give it a chance. You're supposed to take the medicine more than you're supposed to give it more than seven minutes. You have to give it a chance to (laughs) work so that you're both so that you're clear so that you could go back and have all your fun. And you're not doing that. So, yeah, I think those are some of the questions that I, I used to get from a lot of my well younger patients but even some of the older older yeah. people i know i'm just like no that's not yeah like <laughs> like the tampons did there's two holes yeah. you know there's the people right, hole. right. <laughs> and i yeah that's that's a good point because i don't think they would know that like well does it go they're like does it go in your no it doesn't why would it go in my butt no that doesn't make any sense <laughs> like no it doesn't go there it goes here and like there's actually like three holes. So there's one for your pee yeah. and then one is your vagina and then one's your, the, you know, your anus. They're like, oh, so you have three oh, there holes? Is there. Like, your pee doesn't come out of the same hole. Your pee doesn't come out of your vagina? No. <laughs> so yeah, things like that. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's actually a question that I had when I was young. I was like, where do I put this? And I was obviously put her in the wrong spot. And my mom was like, that's not where you put it. And I was like, well, you never told me. She said, like, you have another hole. I'm like, I do? I was like, where? Where, right? I was like, my butt. She's like, no, 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 ma'am. She's like, look at your vagina. I was like, no, it's ugly. She's like, okay, okay, relax. Oh, my goodness. So that's great. Thank you so much. But before I let you go, um, I want to ask what it's new. What is next? When are you going to do your podcast? I want to listen oh my goodness. to more that's of these. A, that's a million dollar questions. Um, so what's next for me? Let's think about this. So I'm trying. There's a couple different thoughts, you know, that I keep floating around with. One is like doing something like your platform and getting a podcast and just having these conversations. My desire is to like just have like regular conversations with people or women just to talk about periods and vaginas and sex and everything that mm-hmm. goes along with that. Um, my other desire is to do more like presentations. So pre- presenting to different like providers. Cause like um, if you work in family medicine or something like that, like you touch on a lot of different body parts, but you may not be really well versed in a, a lot of different things when it comes to like sexual health and like the treatment guidelines for that, or just birth control and which ones to to give, especially if your patient has like a certain medical condition. So doing more things like that, um, I should probably start like uh, writing again. So writing for different organizations and um, health-based organizations, mm-hmm. just giving more information about like women's health and um, sexual health. So I think those are the things that are on the horizon for now. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and I hope that I can see you back on on the reels, giving us little tips over there. I know. I, I'm hoping to I get, enjoy I, those. I've been, 
Yes. And I, it's so funny because I do them like, oh, I'm just watching these. And then like I get a DM from something like, oh, you know, that was really helpful. I remember when you said, I was like, oh, people really do need this <laughs> yeah. information. That's how I feel too when people like message me or even email me like, oh, I heard your podcast and this was great. I'm like, oh, people really listen. <laughs> yeah well you feel validated like i have to i have to keep doing this exactly (laughs) well thank you so much for coming into mom's no expert i really appreciate it and you're welcome anytime you want and yeah oh (laughs) plug yourself where can people find you yeah so i'm on all socials um at the nurse note is my name on social media thank you so much for having me this was great um thank you for sharing your platform and your audience with me Thank you for joining me this week on Moms No Expert Podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Moms No Expert Podcast and share this show with your friends. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode.